all of us. Everyone at the state's academic medical center. All working together to deliver complete care now and for generations to come. All over the state, including hospital and clinic locations from the Delta to the Gulf Coast. All for one reason, you. The University of Mississippi Medical Center. All for your health. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Good morning. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Today, joining me in the studio is Jeremy Jungling, owner of Run Strong. And that's what we're going to be talking about today, how you can get started being active. Doesn't have to be running. We just want you to get up and get moving. But he's going to share his story of why he loves running, and he hopes that you will too. If you have a question or a comment, you can give us a call at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 Or you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. I'll be back after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Dr. Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Joining me in the booth today is Jeremy Jundling. He's the owner of Run Strong, which is in Brandon, Mississippi. And we're going to be talking about running today. But don't be scared away if you think you can't run. You've just got to start doing something. And we're going to talk about some of those ways to start getting active and why it's really important that we do so. If you have a question or a comment, we'd love to hear those today. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four, and my email is fit at mpbonline dot org. If you would prefer your question that way, good morning, Jeremy. Good morning, I'm great so, to be here. Yeah, I'm so glad that you came out um, today. Uh, I live out close to where your um, business is and I was passing, I was going to the Dollar General and I was passing by and I was like, what the heck is Run Strong? That sounds like something I need to explore more and get on the show. So tell me and all our listeners what Run Strong is. Yeah, great. So I'm glad you uh, saw our sign. That's good. That's good. That means location, 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 right? right, It's working. But um, generally and sort of specifically speaking, uh, Run Strong is really a run specialty business and we offer... uh, it's kind of a new, it's it's kind of the first of its kind. We offer coaching and training. We offer products. Um, we offer clinics, events. And, and the cool thing is we have a training center, like a gym, sort of a clubhouse mm. for runners. That's right on the trail so people can start and finish their runs there. And that's, that's the most general, broad um, uh, description of it. More you know, more esoterically speaking, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of the mindset, like the term run strong kind of grew out of my own experience, Mm -hmm. um, learning to run. I started running about 10 years ago and, and, and just understanding that running, you can be strong, like, and you can run and you can walk and you can be strong and and it applies to both your fitness lifestyle and to life in general. Yeah. And we were talking about that before the show that, you know, it's just about getting started and finding something you enjoy. So even if it's not running, you know, if it's walking, just finding something that makes you want to lace up those shoes and get moving is important. 
For sure. And I, I always say I do these clinics once in a while, which we'll probably talk about later, but I, I bring people in and I always say the first thing, like people who mainly just walk automatically exclude themselves from the conversation Mm -hmm. when you say running. And I always include them like, come on in. Like Mm -hmm. we're talking about movement with your feet on any scale. And so walking is just a slower version of running. Right. You know, and there's people all along that spectrum that do everything. So the big thing I try to do right off the bat is include those people. Mm So I I say to everybody out there, if you hear running, just don't turn it off. (laughs) If you're a walker, we're talking about walking too. Or if you want to be a walker, you know, absolutely. Um, You know, because if you've listened to the show before, you guys know I usually call myself a reluctant runner because I run um, with my oldest child because it's what he enjoys doing. And we ran his first 5K when he was five, and we'll be doing our 10th 5K next month um, in, of course, my favorite city in the world, New Orleans. But, um, you know, I was one of those that did not love it. And automatically when you, when I, when I was younger and would hear the word running I was like oh no like I don't <laughs> I don't want to do that you know and now while it's not my absolute favorite thing to do I do appreciate the fact that I can do it that my body is able to do it and watching kind of watching my child develop a love for that is is so important and we all so many of us grew up thinking that running running was a punishment I right. mean many people have heard that before like you screw up you run right and I always find it a little disconcerting that we've somehow, the, the most natural thing we can do, which is just get up and move with our feet, has become something negative mm-hmm. in all our brains. We think, well, that's bad. And and a lot of people, because of that, put up these both imaginary and real barriers to, to why it doesn't apply to them. Like, this is why I can't run, or this is why I can't walk, right. or I'm too slow, or I'm too heavy, or I'm too old, or all these things. And And breaking down those barriers is really one of the things that I've tried to do. Um, and I've tried to build a community of, of people that have done that so they can lead other people to do mm-hmm. that as well. And, you know, you mentioned, you know, walking is kind of on the spectrum of running and everybody has a different pace. You know, there are people that would probably consider what I do as running as walking because <laughs> they pass me and that's okay. I don't let that bother me when somebody passes me because I know that I'm, I only try and judge my success or my progress against what I was able to do before. So, you know, if I'm able to get out there and do another event, that's that's a win for me, even if I come in dead last. For sure. And I think it's so important that, you know, running has always been tied in our minds. It's always tied to racing, mm-hmm. which is which is fine. But that's the way it's always presented us growing up. You run. It's either punishment or you're racing. But there's so much more to it. It doesn't have to be a race. It's, it's, it can be a race against yourself. It can be a, a race against the, the person you want to be. It can, but really, it's a way to, it's a conduit to access a bigger and better part of your life. It's a, it's a conduit to better health. It's a conduit to better happiness, to more fitness, to communities. Um, and, and so creating a community of equals and making sure, that's one thing we do is try to make sure that we're a community of equals where, like, if you're considered a fast runner, you're not somehow better than people who are a slower runner. We're all doing the same thing. And it's, it's, it's kind of, it's, I don't know if anyone's ever really tried that in the way that I've done it before. Mm -hmm. And it's really been kind of magical because those people all meld together. And a lot of times the people who you think are fast runners are thinking they're slow because there's so many people that are faster than them. We all got a complex. (laughs) You know, we're all judging each other. I mean, a lot of people that see me, they're like, oh, he's a fast runner and I'm, really, I mean, I don't know if I am or not, but there's a whole bunch of people that are a whole lot faster mm-hmm. than I am. Um, but, th- but trying to create that community where we're all equals is super important and it brings a lot more people into the, into yeah. the sport. So how many folks kind of on a routine basis are interacting at RunStrong? 
You know, it's, it varies. It depends what we're doing. So we're doing an event this upcoming weekend um, called Death by 5K. It's oh, not gosh. nearly as bad as it sounds. It's actually... <laughs> But it's sounds a good, great. It sounds awesome. <laughs> but the reason it's cool is because we'll have about 45 or 50 people participating. And it's structured kind of like Run Strong is structured. It's an event that um, gets people out of their comfort zone and gets them doing something that previously under other um, in other structures would be almost impossible for them. Um, it's 10 5Ks over the course of 24 hours. Now, most people, if you said, I want you to do a 50K, they're like, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's too hard. But so many people are willing to try it in a different it's way. Little bites. Yeah. And we don't celebrate. And it, there's no real winner. Mm-hmm. It's a challenge for everybody. Now, that's kind of a grand scale thing. But on a day-to-day basis, we do much more accessible things. And we'll get 10, 15, 20 people that just show up for a group run, a group workout, depending on what we're doing that day. This week, we do a thing called Hills and Pizza. Where yeah, we tell just me get about together. that. It's <laughs> you, your eyes lit up when that pizza. came out. <laughs> well, that's that. I, I enjoy a slice of pizza every now and then. All right. Tell me about that. Well, so one of the things I try to do is really have a realistic version of life when we when we talk about training and fitness. I, I don't talk about nutrition a lot because I'm not a registered mm-hmm. dietitian. I'm not a nutritionist. But I do try to, you know, encourage people to. I, I don't really like the method of like, if I work really hard, I get a, I get right. to eat whatever I want. But at the same time, sometimes it's okay. If you want a piece of pizza, eat it and move on. Eat a piece of pizza. Yeah. So we, we get together and we run hills um, or walk hills, whatever you're oh, doing. Like how big a hill? It's uh, <laughs> not that big. Nobody's ever fallen down the hill. Oh, okay. There so we go. it should be fine. I could be the first. And we meet at a pizza place, Soul Shine Pizza. Okay. And I don't know if I'm supposed to say that, but we do Soul Shine you Pizza You did, and that's Flowood. all right. <laughs> There are partners in that, so we meet there. It's all it's free to anybody who wants to come, okay. and we encourage anybody to come out. And then afterwards, we just go socialize at, at the pizza place, and we hang out. And we try to do events like that for people who aren't members of our group because that accesses, it gives them something, and it introduces them to our community. Right. So you do not have to be a Run Strong member to do Hills and Pizza. No. No, oh, just show up. We do it up. every month. You every month. Okay. You can get a free beer. Oh, it's sounding even better. I know. We it know what we're doing here. It is sounding even better. <laughs> so um, people can find out more about events like that if they go to your Facebook page, right? Yeah. So you've got a pretty good Facebook page, which is just Run Strong. It's at Run Strong MS, technically, yeah. but you can just look up Run Strong. There's and it's not, one word. It's one word. Right. And so you can see those events that are coming up there. So the word is one tomorrow. Is that what you said? Yeah, I think that's tomorrow. Oh, yeah. fantastic. All right. I better check my events page. So better check I'm, your I events page. Be we'll do that. We'll do that in a little bit. We'll check the events page and make sure. But, you know, so it, it's very cool that you're trying to build a community that's supportive because I know starting to run, it's very intimidating, just like yeah. any particular sport. If you're trying something new, it can be intimidating to start and you feel like you're kind of coming in. Um, less than other people, you know, yep. but I bet your folks are really like loving on people who are trying to get up and get active. It's kind of, it's kind of our thing. Mm-hmm. Like it's just, it's, 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 it's come organically. Um, and one of the, I just take the simple um, process, the simple step of when a new person comes in, we just introduce them to mm-hmm. everybody. And it just like this, it initiates conversation. Um, and I think what we really work hard on, and I try to focus on this and my members all, um, preach us as well. We want to be a welcoming community. And if you walk in and you are just beginning and all you do is walk and you want to do more, but you can't, or if you're overweight or if you're uncomfortable with yourself mm-hmm. in any way, it, this is not one of those intimidating environments where there's a bunch of really sleek, fast runners who are talking about, you know, their one mile splits and, right. and crushing PRs. Like we yeah. do that, but it's much, <laughs> but for the most part, it's much more accessible. We're just right. real. We celebrate everyone equally. In fact, Every quarter we have an awards ceremony for our members called the Achievies, 
And we celebrate everybody's achievements equally, no matter how great they are. So if somebody qualifies for Boston or if somebody just ran one mile without stopping for the first time ever, we celebrate those all the same. Because that's a big deal. I mean, if you're not a runner, to be able to run one mile without stopping is a big deal. Right. And And I've been on both ends of the spectrum. When I started running, I hated running. It was terrible, stupid, insane. It hurt my <laughs> knees. All the things. I was right. overweight. All the things people have say, I said the same things mm-hmm. to myself. But then I got to the point where I was chasing a Boston qualifying time, where I'm pushing the boundaries of what I can achieve. And, and I'm on the other end of the spectrum mm-hmm. now. So I've run that full gamut. I didn't start as some sub-elite runner when I was right. 16 years old. I was amazing. I was like not the non-runner. Mm-hmm. And so I understand a little better, I think, the path that most people take to get the, the journey they take. I kind of understand how it works and I, and I feel for them and I, and I try to approach, have our business approach that to make sure it's, it's okay for them too. Yeah. You know, um, we were share, I shared before the show with you that my son started cross country this year. He's kind of always been a little runner, but he started cross country and it's been so hot and he didn't do a whole lot over the summer. And the first day just really just kicked his little tail i mean he just was struggling and um of course he's sixth grade and they were running with with all of them and i noticed that there were these bigger boys that clearly could run better than him or faster than him but he was struggling on the last lap and they kind of hung back with him and they ran every step that he did and actually before they crossed the finish line they slowed down a little bit so that he crossed before them you know and as a mama like I was just sitting in my car snotting because I was like (laughs) who are these children like I need to talk to their moms because they are doing a great job of raising these kids and being good sportsmen and encouraging folks who may be struggling to not give up there. So that made me very happy as a mom. I think that's great. And there's so many people out there and really the running community at large is filled with people that are like that. So those kids are probably going to end up in that running community, encouraging others, helping others, kind of almost sacrificing some of their own, Mm -hmm. you know, performance or their own training to help others. And the running community is so filled with those. And so I think it it can be a little intimidating because, again, we think of all these, you know, a lot of people, their entry into running is to go to a race, to go to a 5K. It can be kind of intimidating because you're getting passed by all these really fast people and you feel like the turtle out there. You feel Mm -hmm. like you're the slowest person. Um, But the community is so giving out there and loving. And a lot of people will come back and they'll encourage you and help you. And you start to realize that there's really not a lot of reason to be intimidated. Not everybody's watching you. Right. And judging you. In fact, a lot of people are looking at you and being inspired by you. Right, because you're just, out there. You don't feel that when you're out there struggling. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the first thing he said when he got in the car was he told me the kid's name. He was like, so this oh, yeah. guy, you know, yeah. he helped me and he kept telling, he was telling me how to breathe and telling me all these different kinds of things. So that kid is now his hero. You sure. know, he doesn't even realize it, but he's he's my kid's hero now. So, and he'll probably be mad at me for saying that. But we'll go ahead and take <laughs> our first break of the hour. Um, if you guys have questions or comments about how to get started running, we'd love to hear those. Our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. We'll be back in just a few.
This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Joining me in the studio today is Jeremy Jungling. He's the owner of Run Strong here in uh, Rankin County. Um, And that is a running community that is really trying to get people up and get people moving and not being afraid to get active. Um, If you have a question about anything that he's doing or any questions about physical activity in general, we are happy to take those today. Our number is 1-877-MPB-RING. All right, Jeremy, so you mentioned you've been running about 10 years, so you were not a a born runner like some of these folks. What what made you lace up those shoes and get started? Yeah, so I was certainly not born to run. (laughs) Uh, But I, and it's funny because growing up, I was always told like I wasn't a runner. I didn't have the body, which I really, I probably still don't have the body of a runner, but I was always kind of told that. So running was always something I didn't want to do. It was silly. It was stupid. It was a punishment. Um, But about 10, maybe 11 years ago, I started running kind of as a, really the same way a lot of people start is to, to lose weight initially and to deal with stress and just to try something new. I was in a time in my life where there's a lot of things were out of control Mm -hmm. and it was almost like it was something I could control. And I went out for a run one day and it was terrible. It was summer in Mississippi. (laughs) I grew up in Iowa. So like, welcome to the front porch of hell. That's that's the temperature we've got going on right now. And I still haven't acclimated Mm -hmm. to it. So I went out for this run and I made it Every time I tell the story, it's different, quarter mile, half mile, something. I still was running based on like what I thought my athleticism was from like my early 20s, mm-hmm. late teens, oh, and I yeah. was not. Now I was a 37-year-old or whatever dude. And so I was overheated and miserable, and I, I made it back home barely, and I stood in the shower with cold water going over my head. But there was something there that just that was going to draw me back. And after about three days of recovery, I went back out again to try mm-hmm. it again. I had no idea what I was doing. I was working too hard. Um, I, I had terrible clothes on the wrong shoes, like just everything, mm-hmm. everything I was doing was wrong, but there was still something sort of magical about it pretty quickly. Um, it was something I could control in my life. It helped me deal with stress. I lost some weight and it just kind of blossomed into, into something much more powerful. So it was really an organic start. Um, it was not something I had visited a friend just a few months before that, um, up in Iowa who was running training for a marathon and he had run 15 miles the morning I visited him. And I remember laughing with my hand on my belly, just like, you are such a fool. Why would you run <laughs> Why 15 would you run miles? That That's far. so stupid. Right? And about a year later, I did a marathon and he texted me. He's like, ah, who's stupid who's now? Who's stupid yeah. now, friend? <laughs> right? Yeah. But, it, you know, when you, especially, um, I've seen people who are doing these ultra marathons and in my head, I'm like, why would you run that far? Like, <laughs> but clearly there's a reason, right? I mean, yeah. there's something that's spurring you on. And I'm so glad that there are people who, who want to do that. I will probably never run one of those. I'm going to be, I'm going to be content with, with my 5Ks for a little while longer, I think. Well, and you got to be careful when you say that, because when I started, I could barely make it a quarter mile. Yeah. And I just got back from Washington where uh-huh. some friends and I did a, we attempted a hundred K a really hard 100k we only one of us made it to the finish line (laughs) the other three of us ran into bad weather and all all kinds of stuff but we but you know it's 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 these the goalpost is always moving once Uh you start once you get started what seems what what seems possible and what seems probable becomes everything these all Mm -hmm. these different things come into view that you never saw before it's almost like i mean lifting weights you know when you start or when I started, I mean, I could barely do the bar, you know. Right. And then as you keep at that, 
that becomes easier and you're like, I bet I could do a little bit more, you know, and they add a little bit more to you and you just build up to it. And you do feel a sense of accomplishment when you're, when you're able to kind of push the boundaries of what your body can do and do it successfully. For sure. And the other thing that like for me, what running did was it opened so many doors into other things that I'd always wanted to do. Um, I started doing like some long distance kayak races. I started doing ultra endurance cycling events and long hikes and mountain climbs. And like it opened the door that, that fitness opened the door to the ability and the, and the wherewithal to do so many things. Like, it's almost like just the world is your oyster. Now you can just do whatever you well, want. The confidence that you can set a goal and be able to achieve it. Right. And the fitness to follow it up. Right. So you, you know, you're like, I know how to do it. I can do it. I just gotta, I just gotta chase after it. So that was how I got ultimately got started. And then, um, over time, it kind of became something in my life that, uh, that would be become really important for my health and, and, I ultimately say it saved my life. So. Yeah, absolutely. And we're definitely going to get back to that. But I want to grab David, who's on the line this morning. Hello, David. Hey there. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing, doing great. Thank you. What can we do for you today? Well, I was just interested in your conversation. I hope y'all become an inspiration for me. Uh, I'm 59 years old. 59 years uh, young. I, I, need <laughs> to lose, I need to lose, I'm going to say at least. 30 to 50 pounds. Okay. I could be, I could be happy at losing 30, certainly 50. Uh, it's just, I had a knee replacement four, almost four years ago. And I really thought that once I got that knee replacement, that I would take off and get active again. But I haven't. Mm-hmm. And I put on weight and it's just so frustrating. But my problem is, is the same problem you already know about. At this age, at this weight, you know, I just want to get in that chair, and it's just so hard to get up and do yeah. something, especially in the Mississippi summer, you know. Yep. yep. And uh, just just getting started is such a uh, – and then if I do get started, it's like I feel terrible for – I really never get over feeling terrible and sore and – and it, I don't know. It's just, that's just my, I think that's my dilemma. And I think that I'm going to say that's a lot of people's dilemma. Yeah, you're not alone in that dilemma. I hear it a lot. Jeremy, what do you have to say to David? Well, David, I fully appreciate uh, everything you're going through. And I think, you know, without knowing too many details into what you're talking about, but I, I think you're, you're kind of, so getting started is really always the hardest part. And it does take some willpower always to get started. It's not, one of the things I like to say is that, um, you know, movement comes before energy. So a lot of times you just have to get moving and then the energy comes after a, after a while. Um, and so some, but the other thing I try to encourage people to do is to start really, really, really small. So, you know, you kind of said you thought like once you got your knee, you'd be up and running and you'd be out just rocking and rolling. But the truth of the matter is you probably have to start really, really small and a lot of times I tell people just, you know, try to get out the door for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. three times a week and just walk really casually. And what happens is that start, you start that after a week or two of that, you might be a little sore, but you shouldn't have to go through pain, even recovering from a knee replacement. You shouldn't have to go through pain to improve. So start really small, start really slow. And you have to be super patient because um, you might not. The thing that happens initially is might be soreness, mm-hmm. discomfort fatigue, frustration, because you're not getting anywhere. But after yeah. two or three, four weeks, you're going to start to feel better and your body's going to feel stronger. Um, 
And you know, if you want further, if you want to talk about this more one on one, we can get you in. Uh, we can get absolutely. you in touch with me, and I'd be glad to spend some time with you and talk yeah, about it, lay something out for you to do. David, you can always email me at fit at mpbonline.org, and I can put you in contact with Jeremy. But you know, I echo what he says about starting small. Um, you know, we we see guidelines all over the place that say thirty minutes a day, five days of the week, but nobody has to start there. Just getting up and even five minutes in the morning, five minutes in the afternoon, starting, and then, you know, after you've done that for a week, bump it up and do 10 minutes, you know, and you're going, your endurance is going to get better. Your um, knee pain is going to get better. The, the, you're not going to see a ton of weight loss at that, but it will come as your endurance builds up. Going back to your weight loss goals, I usually encourage people to also set a smaller goal on that. So you mentioned 30 to 50 pounds as your what you feel like you need to lose. I like people to start at 5% of their total body weight, whatever that is, because we know that clinically when we're looking at people that may have high blood pressure or diabetes or high cholesterol or those kinds of things, we start to see clinical improvement in those numbers at a weight loss of 5 to 10%. So if we start really, really small at 5% weight loss, then we know that we've made, even if we don't um, change a big bunch of pant sizes, we've made our heart healthier and our lungs are healthier and all of those things are healthier. So little steps that we don't stop once we make the, get those steps, we just let them build on the other, um, build until we get to our ultimate goal. Well, I want to thank you all for tackling the subject, and thank you for the encouragement. Oh, you're very welcome. Anytime. You give us a call. Anytime. All right. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you, you, David. All right. Getting back to our conversation, you mentioned that running saved your life. How did running save your life? So in uh, 2000, I guess it would be 2012, uh, I was newly married. I had my wife and I have been married about, oh, well, for the purpose of the story, say six months. And she was she had she had just recently started her running journey too, so we were kind of both runners. Mm-hmm. And um, throughout the spring of 2012, I had just done the Chicago Marathon the previous fall. I was really always improving as a runner, but then as the as the spring wore on and then summer, I was training for a 50k ultra marathon, which takes place in summer in Mississippi. It's really a challenging race anyway. Wow. But I kept getting slower and slower, and there was a lot of other things going on in my life. I was going to my doctor. I was feeling sick. I was. Just a lot of things weren't going right. And um, it turns out that uh, I had colon cancer. And so what was really holding me back from running, and the reason I went to the doctor to get checked in the first place was because I was wondering what was going on with my running. Right. That's why I knew something was wrong. You know, if I had not been a runner, if I had not been physically fit, I wouldn't have had that negative effect on something that that impelled me to go see the doctor. Mm -hmm. It would have taken a while before you became symptomatic from a colon cancer standpoint, you know, from some of the other things that we typically think about making people go in for colon cancer. Right. And then what happened is my I had to have surgery and my doctor was able to get to a lot of my lymph nodes, remove a lot more because I was relatively lean. Mm-hmm. And so my surgery, I recovered more quickly from that. I had they were able to test more lymph nodes and kind of without too much trauma to my body through mm-hmm. the surgery. Um, and so it kind of set the tone for our future. Um, and it really ultimately saved my life. And as I had to determine future treatments after that, one of the things I found out was that for colon cancer specifically, exercise and activity after diagnosis statistically improves um, life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So from then on, I could genuinely say, well, I'm running for my life because right. I need to exercise to stay alive. So, yeah. So, I mean, that that's amazing how 
something that you probably didn't enjoy growing up, you know, then became a hobby that you did enjoy and then ultimately pointed you to what would have, you know, been a much more significant health event had you not caught it at probably the time that you caught it. For sure. And what ended up happening then was it, it it's really where the genesis of Run Strong came from because some of the battles I went through during my treatments all involved running. I, mm-hmm. I, I did some personal challenges through running to run a 5K, 10K, half marathon, marathon, and ultra marathon all while on chemo. Wow. And now I, I feel super bad I about it. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, and I, I did that for myself. Mm-hmm. It wasn't something I like right. was a- advertising, but my wife would talk about it and people kind of got inspired. And I started to realize that, you know, being the runner and going through the things I I went through to go from a non-runner to a runner and then to have it save my life and then to deal with cancer, it gave me a platform and I kind of felt a survivor's responsibility. And so it's kind of guided my career to where I am now. And Mm -hmm. what we see now is really a manifestation of where all that. So I I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for all those things happening. So I'm pretty grateful for it. Absolutely. All right, let's go ahead and take a quick break. When we come back, we'll go to the phone lines and talk with one of our callers there. And now is a great time for you to give us a call if you have a question or a comment. That number is 1-877-MPB-RING. We'll be back in just a few. podcast. Welcome back. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell, and you're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. In the studio with me today is Jeremy Jungling. He's the owner at Run Strong here in uh, Brandon, Mississippi. And we have been talking about really how you get started with the running program and why you shouldn't be intimidated. We've had a couple of great callers. and We've got a couple on the line that I'm just going to get to in just a moment. But if you want to give us a call, our number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven. 672-7464. And we're going to go over to those phone lines and go to Startville and talk with William this morning. Hello, William. Good morning. Good Thanks morning. for hanging on for us. What can we do for you? Hanging on, I, I got so many more ideas that you need to hear about, that, but I'll get to the first one first. I, my sympathy went out to that guy that called a second last to go mm-hmm. or something like that that uh, tried to run but hurt so bad that he that it turned him off. I don't find that people don't don't think about uh, aspirin because it was used by the Indians and discovered probably the the salicylic acid or whatever it is that is the agent by the Greeks. So it's pretty safe unless you've got uh, stomach problems. And an aspirin or two or several, if you're really hurting bad, is amazing overnight for relief from the discomfort of uh, of a hard or a bad run or a bad experience like he had. So I hope that uh, that uh, that might that might help him uh, try again because it's it's so valuable. I turned into a runner because I couldn't catch a ball or hit a tennis ball. And, uh, <laughs> I, I hear you. 
and I didn't have to. And I've run all my life, and I'm old enough to be a great-grandfather now. And, Fantastic. Uh, still dry. Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, that's, uh, that's uh, an important thing. Let me say one other thing, sure. too. A home remedy that nobody ever, I've never heard any mention, but he mentioned it, and, and 10 or 12 years ago, um, MPB had a, had a uh, health program on, and I called into that with some guy in, in uh, up east, and I think he thought I was a kook. <laughs> but uh, but it, what I wanted to say is that, that for the last 10 years, instead of, if I happen to have um, uh, stomach, uh, acid stomach, mm-hmm. heartburn, what I'm trying to say, and it happens once a month or so if I overeat, or uh, eggshells are as good as, in fact, the same as Tums. And uh, I haven't used, I haven't bought any Tums in the last ten years since I discovered that one time when I was struck by terrible heartburn on a camping trip, and I didn't have any other agent. And I suddenly realized the calcium carbonate in eggshells mm-hmm. is the calcium carbonate in, in Tums. So. Uh, it's not exactly makes pleasant. sense. I had not heard of it before, but you're correct. Calcium carbonate is yeah. the active ingredient in tums and and in eggshells as well. Um, so I guess in theory that could work. Although I'm probably oh, not going to munch on the eggshell. Perfectly, and yeah. it probably gives you faster relief because it, it it's already in tiny pieces. You have to mash it up and then then just wash it down with water. Um, and uh, anywhere you take it, uh, half an eggshell is more. A quarter of an eggshell, I find, is is a is a reasonable dose. So, but, all right. Uh, well, you have been a wealth of information this morning, William. Okay. Well, good luck. Thank okay. you so much. Thanks for giving us a call. I appreciate it. Okay. Bye. All right. Bye bye. All right. We're going to go right on over to uh, Laurel and talk with David. Good morning, David. Good morning. Oh, you have a good voice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. What can we do for you today? Well, I just wanted to make a comment. I, I noticed the, I heard the guy that, that was uh, uh, you know, kind of sounded defeated uh, mm-hmm. in, the, in his running, trying to trying to get out and run. I know in in Mississippi it's, it is difficult with the humidity and everything. But a couple of things that helped me. I, I began running. Running. I'm, I've always uh, you know competed in five Ks and things uh, uh, in when I was younger. But in my forties, I'd pretty much given up running. Uh, and uh, a friend of mine invited me to go run a half marathon. I didn't even know how long a half marathon was. <laughs> and they told me, and I said, my goodness, I'm not about to run that far. And I said, when's your, when's your next run? And he said, well, we're, we're going to do a 50K, um, you know, a trail run in uh, uh, six months. And I said, okay, well, let me start training now for that. And, and uh, that was my first uh, long-distance run, I guess, was a – uh, 50k trail run um, and was able to compete it. I don't consider myself an athlete by any means. And uh, since then, I've done over 100 ultras and uh, gone through that. Uh, I can identify with your guest. Went through colon cancer. Uh, colon cancer is not a, res- a respecter of uh, athletes. Uh, even athletes can get it, or people that are in good shape. Um, but three weeks after surgery, was able to get back out and and begin running again. Uh, but one of the things that helped me is is having an accountability group, uh, finding somebody to run with, uh, find some some other people who enjoy running, not competitively, but just getting out and running, and and uh, that that helps helps me uh, in days that I don't feel like it. No, I I've got them looking for me to mm-hmm. to show up. 
so it helps me to get out and and so it's good to find a group to to run with it it helps the time go by too and then also sign up for a race find a race sign up for it too if you know you signed up for a race um you know that that's going to call. That's going to be a uh, something to help you know. I got to get out and get ready for it. And it gives you something to shoot for. Right. Yeah. Wow, David. Thank you so much for sharing that. I'm super impressed by all all the things that you've uh, been doing, and that you did not give up when kind of life knocked back at you a little bit. Yeah, and that's it's a it's an inexpensive thing to get into. Uh, all you need is a pair of shorts and a pair of shoes. And you can get after it. All right. Thank you so much, David. Have a good good rest of your week. Thank you so much. You're welcome. That was awesome. That was awesome. And it actually brings me to an email question that I got because he said, all you need is some shorts and a pair of shoes. So (laughs) one of the questions I got was, what kind of shoes should you be running in? You know, so. The perfect shoe for anybody is the perfect shoe for anybody. It means and what I mean by that is whatever works for you is the right shoe. There okay. are a ton of great brands. Um, I sell one specific brand cause I think it's great, but I encourage my athletes to get whatever works best mm-hmm. for them. Um, there, there's just a, you just have, what you really want is just comfort. And for a lot of people, they want more cushioning, less cushioning. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of trial and error. But what you ultimately want is just a shoe that is really comfortable. I mean, anything that's comfortable and makes your feet feel good and strong is really important. The other thing that I kind of focus on with my athletes is part of our training center, we have a little section that's all dedicated to foot strength and foot mobility. So we work on getting stronger feet, <clears throat> more agile, more mobile mm-hmm. ankles, more strength in our legs. So what happens there is you are able to wear a variety of different shoes because you're not relying on the shoes to do what the job your foot's supposed right. to be doing. So really, shoes are important. Foot strength is equally as important, and the stronger your foot is, the more shoes you can choose from. Yeah. So go to a local running store. You can come in to Run Strong. We have some shoes in stock, and you can check them out. But really, just anything that's comfortable, if it feels good, don't worry about all the details, the heel-to-toe drop, and all this other stuff. Like that's Some of that's somewhat important, ultimately, but for the most part, if it feels good, wear it, wear strengthen it. your feet, and yeah. you'll be happy. And I, I definitely echo the foot strength part. In, in January, I had a, a fall. No, I was not doing anything impressive, like just actually walking to my car and just was incompatible <laughs> with doing that, I guess, and just fell over and partially, partially tore the ligaments in my ankle and uh, had been in uh, physical therapy for several months on that. And that was one of the biggest things they had me working on was foot strength, foot mobility, and ankle strength. And I remember going, she would show me, you know, okay, we're going to go over here and do this. And I'd be like, what's that going to do? Like that, that's not not Wear you out, like sweat dripping off of you over there. And you don't even like you're doing anything. You know, you're just standing on this foam pad, which didn't realize, or I didn't realize how weak my ankle was. I mean, I just fell over standing there, you know, and I've gotten so much better from physical therapy and strengthening that ankle, not only am I, am I back to kind of baseline, but I can tell that my, my feet are just stronger than they were to start with. And I just have people when they first come in, I just tell them to take their shoes off and stand on one foot. Mm -hmm. just stand on one foot. And a lot of people can't do it. They just don't have the strength. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, she had me do this thing, um, 
a golfer's bend or something where you bench, put something on the ground, I bend over and I just fell over. Like just <laughs> right, over, right on over there. I was like, awesome. I'm really setting the bar high for myself today. All right. We will take the last break of the hour. When we come back, we're going to answer a couple more email questions that have come in and talk about some of the common mistakes that people make when they start to run. Now's a perfect time. If you have a question or a comment, that number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464 This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Well, welcome back to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Dr. Josie Bidwell. Here in the studio with me today is Jeremy Junley, owner of Run Strong. And we've been talking about running and exercise and getting up and getting active and kind of how you shouldn't be scared to just get started. We've talked a lot about how you do get started doing those things, but I would imagine there are some common mistakes that folks make when they start a running or a walking program. What are some of those common things that we're probably not doing, not doing ourselves any favors with? I think the number one thing that I see that almost everybody does is they just work too hard initially, mm. especially with runners. It's it's a little easier to modulate your effort level when you're walking, um, but a lot of people in that case will probably try to do too much too often. Um, or they're just working a little too hard. But generally, almost every single runner I've ever worked with comes to me and they say, well, my pace is X. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, pace for what? Like an easy run, an interval workout, tempo, marathon, like race pace? What but are we talking difference. about? There's a lot of differences. I think and, I only have one. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of people just have one gear. Yeah. Like they just have one gear you're running. And so what I try to work on is intensity. Mm -hmm. And like I said, when I first started running, my intensity was way off. I thought I was still 19 years old, so I took off really fast. And you see this in 5Ks. You see usually younger kids, the gun goes off, they're running full blast. Uh You know, they haven't practiced their pacing. They haven't practiced their intensity. People do that in training all the time. So the first thing I I do to people is I assign them a specific pace based on their ability level. And I say, this is when you're going out 80, 90% of your running is going to be at this effort level. And mm-hmm. their instinct, their reaction is always, oh, that's way too slow. I'm way faster than mm-hmm. that. And it goes back to, we always think of running as racing. Like it's not, it's not always racing. Like running is just running and racing is racing. They're two entirely different things. So intensity is always the issue. And what intensity does, if you don't manage it correctly, you're going to get um, frustrated. You're not going to improve as quickly. You're more likely to get injured. When it's hot, especially in Mississippi, you really have to modulate your intensity because otherwise you're just going to get overheated. Mm-hmm. And so as it gets warmer, people think, well, I can keep working as hard as I want. Well, right. it's so much hotter, you got to slow way down. So intensity is really the uh, the big thing that I, that I focus with people. And also being afraid to walk. Just walk. If, you're, if you want to run, running includes walking. Mm-hmm. Like I run decent marathon times they're perfectly fine i walk within the marathon i just walk a little less than other people do right. and some people don't really walk in marathons much at all but for the most part everybody will walk through an eight at the very least they're walking for five or ten seconds and when you're training it's okay to stop and and rest for a second so if you're gonna go out and do a four mile run it's okay to run a mile then stop for 30 seconds or a minute just regain your composure let your body adjust to the, the new normal the new mm-hmm. thing that you're doing and then go out again Again, it all comes back to intensity and effort. And when, once you modulate and figure out intensity and effort, um, you can do a lot more. You're unlikely to be injured. You're going to be mentally f- more fit. And then w- 
what I try to do is bring people into, we work hard in little amounts and we work hard just at the right time. Mm -hmm. So you do the right balance of easy and hard and mostly easy. And that's the most common mistake because that leads to injury and frustration. And that's the, the dropout rate for people who just start and quit right away is because they're almost always working too hard. They're not enjoying it. They're dreading every time they have to go out. Yeah. And, and that goes back to finding, if it's not running, if it's not walking, finding what you enjoy and, and doing it. Because there's a multitude of other things out there. You know, I've mentioned before, I'm a Zumba instructor. There are people who love Zumba, people who hate Zumba. And I kind of started it like you did. Like, I still thought I was 17 when I hopped yeah. out there and just, like, busted a move on the dance floor. And then my body was like, no, friend, you're older than that. And you got to slow it down a little bit. And you just kind of had to work up from there. There are people who adore CrossFit and knew that's what they want to do and they enjoy it. But at the end of the day, it's just about finding what you enjoy so that you don't see it as a punishment you know that you see it as I just think of it as a celebration of what my body can do and I may not be as fast as someone I may not be as great a dancer as someone but I'm out there doing it and enjoying it right and once you understand and embrace the idea that you don't have to work hard really hard to get good results Mm. you can do a lot of easy low intensity stuff you'll still improve probably even faster than you would if you're working hard all the time I was using an example, like if I told people, just get off the couch and go run 10 200-meter intervals seven days in a row, they're going to be destroyed. They're going to be, it's a ridiculous example mm-hmm. because no, don't do that. If you heard <laughs> don't, do don't do that. that. If you did it, you'd hurt your knees. You'd mm-hmm. probably be really sore. People would be broken down. They'd hate every second of mm-hmm. it. But if I tell them to go out and three times, just walk, run real easy for 30 minutes, they're going to, get, they're going to physically feel better. Right. They're going to get more out of it. They're going to be back to train again the next week. So it's all about just effort level and intensity. Well, that brings me back to another email question that I got about kind of how, what are some other things that you can do to support your running? So like how important is the resistance piece, the flexibility piece? So that would be using, you know, weights or body weight, those types of things. Do we do that when we are a runner? I think it's super important. And in fact, that's kind of the concept of our training center, our gym, as it were, the place that we have uh, Run Strong is based. We have a lot of strength and resistance equipment in there. And two to three times a week, we do either um, high-intensity workouts or strength training. And most of that is in support of keeping our body strong for running. So a lot of times strength training and flexibility or mobility can enhance your performance, both by re- helping you recover faster and making you more able to withstand the training load that you're, if, especially if you're increasing mm-hmm. a training load. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's super important, you know, warming up properly before a run, not just doing the few stretches here and there, right. but warming up properly before a run, um, incorporating that strength and, and, you know, flexibility to a certain extent, we probably talk more about a little mobility because mm-hmm. mobility can kind of just cause some issues with your with your um, running form and the way, you know, you might get some chronic kind of overuse Mm -hmm. injuries. Um, But it's really important. And that's kind of, you know, when I first started coaching runners, there was no strength or mobility component to it, which is why I kind of created the training center for other reasons too. But part Mm -hmm. of it was so we could get in there and, and and I do quite a bit of strength training. um, And I think it's great. It's a great enhancement. And again, running and walking that fitness that you gain from doing that will enhance your ability to do strength and Zumba mm-hmm. and CrossFit or whatever. Oh, yeah. like it can be an added component to whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I kind of want to reemphasize the importance of resistance training as we age as well. That's often a piece that falls off when people start to get older. Even if they did a lot of weights or, or different types of training when they were younger, as they get older, 
the cardio piece will kind of stay for a lot of folks, but the resistance piece drops off. And we've got a lot of good information out there, a lot of good research out there that shows how important it is for us as we age to maintain that strength. And most, a lot of people think just running is just a lower body exercise, mm. and it's decidedly not. In fact, a lot of times when I, if I run a long ways and get tired, some of the cramps I get are in my shoulders mm. or my, my traps or even in my arms. Because mm-hmm. you're using your core, using your shoulders, using your yeah. arms. It's a full body workout, so you need that strength and you need that recovery for your whole body. For the whole body. And the more lean muscle tissue that you have, which is grown somewhat by strength training, then the more efficiently you burn calories. So if weight loss is on your, you know, your goal list, then a little bit of resistance training in there is going to help. Right. And one of the things I talk about with my more, I'll call them more advanced runners, people like coach kind of Mm one-on-one who are striving for, you know, they've they've been at it for a while. We we work a lot on running economy and the strength component is a big part of running economy. Being able to run, you know, at the lowest cost possible sometimes requires the right mobility it requires the right strength. You just have to have all the right components to be able to do the things you want to do and then to recover more quickly. Yeah, efficiency. Yeah. Being the most efficient you can be there. All right, so we talked about a lot of great things today. If you had a question or a comment that you didn't get in um, today and you or you want to know more information about Jeremy, you can send me an email at fit at mpbonline.org. You can go to his Facebook page, Run Strong What is one word there, and find some of the events that they have coming up there. Jeremy, thank you for coming on the show with me today. It's been a blast, and I did, in fact, learn some things as well. I always try to learn one thing. Um, Thanks to our producer, Kevin Farrell, for another great show, and thanks to the listeners of Mississippi and the surrounding states and all of our callers. You've been listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio.